I'll go start the coffee. I'll be down in a minute. Scooby-dooby-dooby-doo-wop. Pastor and Laura, wake up. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our podcast where we read a chapter of the Bible a day. Today, Most of the time. Oh yeah, except the last time we did not uh, get through. We we also try to keep it around 20 to 30 minutes. That's how long we have in the morning. So, But our, are, our conversation got interesting, so we just, right. rather than rushing through something we found interesting, we did it. And I think that's more important is... When you find something in God's Word you want to dig deeper into. Yeah, and some sections are just longer than others, so mm-hmm. just the way it is. Yep. So we're, we are in Luke chapter 4, and today we're kind of starting with the second section, um, 4 verse 14. In my translation of the Bible, it says, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. Oh. And so we'll start there. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and the news about him spread throughout or through the whole countryside. He taught them in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written... The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Let's take a little break right there real quick. All right. Okay, so I think in the last podcast we started actually talking about this. The news about him spread through the whole countryside. Yes. People possibly who were followers of John um, would have kind of been talking about him. And he taught in synagogues. Yes. And then he worked, yeah, he wait, He makes his way up to Nazareth. And, uh... Yeah, he's teaching all the synagogues. We have that in 15. He's got the Spirit upon him in power. So, probably doing healings as well as speaking. And then here... He reads this section. And I guess my question was going to be like, I don't know um, if you can briefly, if you know, or if you could explain shortly how people decided who got to speak at the synagogues. Like anybody could just stand up and kind of sermonize off of a reading because it's doesn't make it sound like he's prepared to read this. He says... Um, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. So it's kind of like a cold reading. <laughs> like he, he didn't say, today I want to talk about whatever, you know, Exodus, this, this, this. He 
just stands up and then they hand him a scroll and he's expected to read it and then explain it? I think that, if I remember correctly, in Matthew or Mark where this lesson is that he requests the scroll of Isaiah. Oh, he requests And it, it. if he didn't, it's still from the Holy Spirit that this happens. It's sure. divine intervention. Because he, he claims to be this um, special servant that there's a number of lessons about it in the book of Isaiah that God is using for this divine purpose that, you know, the Lord is going to be among his people. So you have to remember, too, the disciples call Jesus rabbi. So Jesus is at the age of about 30 years old, and he was looked to as a rabbi. So well, it's How not did you become a rabbi? By studying underneath a rabbi and so. learning. So he probably had a rabbi in Nazareth that he'd been studying with. Hmm. And I never thought about that. You well, I mean, where would he be? He wouldn't be hiding all the time with Joseph in his carpenter shop. That's you know, true. he's a carpenter's son. He would have been just doing exactly what he did in the temple. He would have been studying God's word and talking to someone. Mm -hmm. And Jesus' rabbi is never mentioned. Mm -hmm. We don't know who he is. But it seems that when he's there, he has enough of a reputation that just reading the words before he even starts to talk and sermonize about it, everyone's eyes are fixed upon him because they just can't wait to hear what he's going to say about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, he has a captive audience because they want to hear him explain the word of God because he's teaching with authority. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just a very dynamic speaker, clearly, because he's speaking God's word. But Then, yeah, then he, when he's done reading... He sits back down, and everyone's still looking at him, and then he's explaining it. So then they sit down to explain it. It's just kind of That's weird. my understanding like, of oh, this. I'm done, but then also I'm going to keep talking. He stands to read the word yeah. in their presence, and then he sits down and begins to explain these things to him. And notice it says he starts by saying that this is fulfilled in your presence. We don't have the rest of the sermon. Right. Well, I'll Whatever go on. Whatever you said. Okay. Okay. Verse 22. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth. Wait a second. Sorry. <laughs> Before mm -hmm. I go to verse 24. What did he do in Capernaum? He was healing many people. Okay, because that's and not recorded in this book. This we we just read the temptation of Jesus, yeah. and then it said he traveled to Nazareth. So it kind of leaves out how he got a um, you know his reputation and um, yeah he you know, whatever he kind of leaves Nazareth and Capernaum becomes his hometown. Right, in I know that. I'm just asking. Galilee. Did. Like, timeline-wise, did we miss a miracle or something here? Or is this just some, like, minor, heal <laughs> minor healings or minor miracles? Because we usually talk about I just don't his think that first Luke... miracle being um, the wedding in Cana, but 
I mean, that's what I've been led to believe is his first, like... Yeah, but Capernaum, Nazareth, and uh, Cana are, like, five miles apart from each other. Okay. You know, so they're pretty close. And I think it is just... Luke doesn't uh, explicitly say what happened there, but Luke might have been, or probably was one of the later Gospels that was uh, written... Well, besides Mark, I don't know. In my mind, it was probably Mark, Matthew, Luke, John for chronology. But anyway, it he knows that the Holy Spirit has filled that in in another place. If I've forgotten that he said that, I'm sorry. But Okay. So he did something in Capernaum, possibly miracles or just teaching, mm-hmm. but maybe miracles. All right. Verse 24, I tell you the truth, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years, and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All of the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill. Mm-hmm. On which, it's like a cliff. Right. The brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Mm-hmm. I just never thought of the word brow. And then I was going to say bro. Like, bro of the hill? Like you row. Like you could pronounce R-O-W that way. I see that. And I just was like, what? I thought you were talking like no. the bro's hill. It's like a mountain. And I was wondering how to pronounce that word. Oh. Bro or brow. Because brow is the only way it would make sense. But mm-hmm. I've never heard that. Um, the top of a hill called the brow of the hill. Anyway. Any usual. Yeah, I mean, he's. it's a pretty strong statement that he's making that all of these people are really taking this great pride in being the chosen nation in Israel. And Jesus is saying that there have been times that it's been really terrible for Israel, and guess who God was sent to? It wasn't to the Israelites, it was to other the people that the prophets were sent to. It was to people that were going to accept his message. Mm-hmm. And the, especially for people in uh, Galilee, Tyre and Sidon were pagan places, completely pagan. They would have been their neighbors, you know, just to the northwest. And for as much as, you know, we talk about Samaria being this conflict, I mean, those were, their religion was very warped, but Tyre and Sidon was Greek and Roman and, you know, awful. Um, So, Hmm. yeah, it's a... So then, he's, they're, they're so upset with him. They took him to the brow of the mm-hmm. hill, and they were going to throw him off the cliff. Yes. Which seems a little drastic. It does. 
and was this maybe that's just they thought blasphemy and that's how they would normally punish people for saying something yeah blasphemy and well that he's in a synagogue right saying that israel is not always god's chosen nation right i'm just that's not what i'm asking oh i'm sorry i'm asking is it normal for this mob mentality to like if you were a rabbi and you said something that was wrong or blaspheming in their eyes just take you outside of town and kill you i mean i thought they would just be like uh you're not preaching what we want you to preach you're not allowed to preach here anymore if i had a nickel for every time my congregation tried to throw me off a hill no it's a joke bad joke um, I don't think so. I, you do hear about the prophets often being persecuted throughout the Old Testament, but I but don't hear about them just time, walking and throwing them off a cliff. Right, but at this time, and we'll talk about it later, obviously the Jews aren't supposed to kill people mm-hmm. without running it by the Romans. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like this is a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. That they're attempting murder. Or maybe it wasn't a big deal. Maybe this sort of thing was just... I think Maybe it wasn't a big cliff. Like, we're just going to throw you down here and hurt you, and it's not actually going to kill well, you. Well, I think they're trying to kill him, because <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens immediately next. But it, it seems that they are, one, filled with rage, and two, they view Jesus as someone claiming to be a prophet that is speaking against the word of God as they understand it. And the Old Testament law would be take him outside the, the city and put him to death. That is the Old Testament law? Yeah. Okay. So they carry him outside the city and attempt to put him to death. Okay. So, I mean, so that would be normal. from their eyes. In their eyes, this is acceptable and a normal thing to do. For some of them, I mean, there are many people that are amazed at what he's saying, you know, and okay. believe, but... I just didn't know yeah. if this was, like, once in a lifetime that you take someone outside, or every week they're taking out one of their I rabbis. <laughs> I think it's a pretty rare instance, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, I think we can do this next little section. It's only a few verses. Jesus drives out an evil spirit. Verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all, came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching with authority and or wait, what is this teaching? With authority and power he gives out orders to evil spirits and they come out. And the news about him spread throughout the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Now it seems like that section should have been before the other one. I mean I know it says then he went, so we know what happens after, but he implied he'd previously been in Capernaum and done miracles. If this would have happened first, then it would have made more sense, but he must have done something there, gone to Nazareth, then gone back to Capernaum. Yes. 
and you're saying they're close together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I don't really know if I have any questions on this. Um, I mean, we could talk about demons a bit. He, uh, when he says, what do you want with us to destroy us? Jesus obviously knows. Well, Jesus knows everything, right? Mm-hmm. So he knows this is a demon. But for other people at the time, someone just yelling out, you're the son of God. What are you going to do to us? Destroy us. Did they know he was possessed by an evil spirit? Did they think he was just crazy? Or, you know, like, was everyone kind of waiting for Jesus to do something about this guy? Or, I don't know. I think How he was perceived at the time and people really understood what was happening I think that the people all knew this man was demon possessed and there was demon possession at that time people around there's still maybe today Mm -hmm. just kind of talk about that and there are other nations for sure and, and places where the devil is showing himself in power to get people to come away from God versus Mm -hmm. what we've said here is pretending he doesn't exist to pull people away. But I think that... Do you think that back then the rabbis and Pharisees and whatever had exorcism... um, I won't say rituals, but procedures, you know like using God's word to drive out demons because I'm just thinking about it the way it's written here. Uh, The demon came out without injuring him Mm -hmm. with authority and power. He gives orders to the spirits and they come out. Kind of makes it sound to me like people had seen demons driven out, but usually they, whatever, cause pain or injure and... You know, they don't use power and authority. They use, I don't know, you know, whatever, the Bible and asking nicely or something. <laughs> like, oh. like it, there's some other way that people have seen demons come out, but Jesus is doing it in a very special way. That's that, a really good question. I Because we do, I mean, I don't really want to go down this path, I guess, but there are demon possessions and pastors and... Uh, you know, preachers through history have dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, we have rites of exorcism. Right. So, not that... And that doesn't mean you're God, if you, but you're using God's word. We use the name of Jesus Christ, which is the power that he gave to his disciples. Right. So did that exist prior to Jesus coming? I would have to do some study into the Old Testament. I've I'm currently in my personal Bible study reading through uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy, just Mm -hmm. doing kind of a study of the law. And I'd have to look closely about demon possession there. The one story of demon possession that really sticks out in my mind from the Old Testament is that Saul was tortured by an evil spirit. Mm -hmm. And he has David come in and play music for him to soothe him and that's Saul being the 
king of Israel. Mm-hmm. However, he had opened his heart up to all these false gods and turned his back on God. So it's not like he is seeking a remedy for this. Mm-hmm. But uh, offhand, I do not know of an Old Testament exorcism right that's specifically talked about in the Bible. There may be one, and I'm I just could, blanking no, on I it. I could but. be reading into it. Just the way it's written, it makes it sound like the people, you know, like why would Luke write um, the demon threw the man down and came out without injuring him? Mm-hmm. You know, like if this is the first time that many people have seen a demon come out, you know, mm-hmm. we would just say the demon came out of him. You know, and But to imply like without injuring him, would mean the normal occurrence was that demons injured people. You know, I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, he opened the door without hitting himself in the face. Like, you know, it's like you would only say that if the person had, you know, previous experience doing it a different way. Like, mentioning that it did it without hurting him implies that, I mean, to me, and maybe I I said I could just be reading into it, but, like, that they knew demon possession was violent or you know know. yeah i wonder if they're just the only thing is like if it was demon possession as if it brought death or something like that Mm -hmm. in most cases so demons would lead because you hear about the demon possessions in the new testament and there are people in cemeteries cutting themselves there are Mm -hmm. demons that you know do all these terrible things we hear a lot about it in the gospels Mm-hmm. But you're saying we don't necessarily hear it mentioned too often in the Old Testament, and then if it is, we don't really hear about a exorcism. Yeah, I'll have to do some digging. That's really interesting. I don't um, know. I mean, there are there are definitely people in the Old Testament that are summoning the power of demons. You have Balaam. Uh, during the exodus that is pronouncing curses on the people, you know, not trying to have God's power, but summoning. And you have the uh, Egyptians and other seers throughout Babylon, all of these sorcerers and seers summoning the power of evil spirits and powers to have their knowledge and authority. They but, think but I don't know about... When they use satanic powers or demonic forces in those cases I don't want to say the people are in control because they're not never in control of Satan but these possessions and I'm looking here at a note um, in my study Bible um, verse 33 says possessed by a demon to pagans demon means supernatural being whether good or bad, but Luke makes it clear this was an evil spirit. Such a demon could cause a mental disorder, as mentioned in John 10, violent action, as mentioned in Luke 8, bodily disease, um, here in Luke 13, and a rebellion against God, Revelation 16. So Hmm. that note, I don't know how accurate it was or who wrote it, but um, he's saying that some some of these, the way that demons affected people, 
mental disorder, violent actions, diseases, and rebellion. Um, yeah, there are, the, I mean, the, t- the term daimon in Greek just is, is power. Mm-hmm. But there are very clear cases like the, the uh, demons going out and going into the pigs, that these are actual spirits that are there. But yeah. we'll go into we'll human have, and many people next time. Yeah, we'll try to finish the, la- the last section next time. and uh, I'll try and find a little bit of clarity on this. But right. thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Scooby-Dooby-Dooby-Doo-Wop Pastor and Laura wake up